Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. LFC Day Trippers. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is full-time Reds with uh, Kev O'Sullivan. I'm Matt hosting. Uh, finished Liverpool nil, Chelsea nil at Anfield. Bit of a dire game. Uh, let's get the housekeeping out of the way first. Show today is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Uh, if you're into the sports gambling, head on over, check them out, get the best odds on uh, any wages you're going to put down. If you gamble, gamble responsibly. If you don't, there's other good stuff on the website there for you as well, too. Kev, how was hey, that? Yeah, that was proper old-school Liverpool against Chelsea. That's what that was. Tight, tense, nervous, and it showed in the first half. There yeah. was almost a fear of making mistakes in the first half that was evident in a lot of the passing, a lot of the... Um, it was almost like a nervous energy in the start that Chelsea had. You know, with that disallowed first goal, that put the cat amongst the pigeons and gave Chelsea, you know, a right lift. And it scared the shit out of a few players. But at the same time, it was, it was what that 95 minutes or 90, whatever it was, was what I expect from Liverpool against Chelsea. It's tight. It, they're decide their games on knife edges. It, it's no surprise that there's so many draws between the two sides. You know, because it's often the case that the odd goal here and there makes a difference. And it's usually a bit of individual quality or a bit of individual brilliance. And it was just missing today. Yeah, there was a complete lack of individual brilliance, I would say, in that oh, game. Yeah. I, I don't think there was a single player on either team that you could say was head and shoulders above the rest. It was pretty evenly matched. And both of these teams seem like they are in the correct spot in the table. That was a proper mid-table clash. Yeah, it was one of those, to me, that whatever it was, don't lose, you know, and there's a lot to be said for that. You know, back-to-back clean sheets is something to build on. People won't see it now because they've just sat through and we haven't really troubled Aspilicueta. So on the other side of the coin, 
is for the majority of the game, we defended pretty well. Um, they caused us a few problems, uh, but in general, overall, we defended pretty well at times. So the midfield was the biggest mm. shock for me. I didn't expect to see that midfield again. Not so quick, not after a quick turn alone, but you know, they had their moments where they were shaky, you know, no doubt. But at the same time, at the start of the second half, when they had a rocket up them and just literally almost like for 20 minutes, they were told just take the shackles off and have a go. The two fullbacks went forward and we created overloads wide and we looked a different side. First half was almost a containment mission, you know, get to halftime, they'll know if you get something great, but be in the game at halftime. It's, it's frustrating to watch at times, but at the same time, when you look at either end of the pitch, you know, Cody Gapo is still learning his trade. He's getting used to a new league. Yeah. Salah is just not on this form of what we, ex what we're used to, but he, he has these dips. So, you know, patience has got to be needed with him. It was a clear difference for me when, when Darwin came on. That it was suddenly you have this threat over the top and in behind that we're badly missing. And as much as Harvey Elliott, I think, is a technically a really good footballer, he doesn't have the instincts. I think it was McManaman was saying it in commentary, and he was right. He doesn't have the instincts of someone who plays wide in the left. You know, the way we play, the wide left player is always one that gets the ball cut inside, allows the overlap on the other side. And his instinct is always to come to check back out because he's naturally left-footed and it's not a position he's used to. There was there would have been an argument to play Curtis Jones today in that position, to be honest. But not knowing how his fitness is at the minute is is another matter. I yeah. Mean, how do you think? I mean, you saw the lineup. Were you surprised at the lineup? Not overly. Like uh, on Thursday, I thought that Harvey was going to get the get the start. I didn't think he was going to start left wing. I and I think that kind of panned out throughout the game that he was kind of wasted on the left wing. I would have preferred to see Gakpo down the left, Mo through the middle, and Harvey on the right if we were going to play that way. Because yeah, it's you know we might not know what Harvey Elliott's proper position in this team is, but I think on the evidence of that game, we can say it's probably not left wing. Yeah. Um. I'm okay. Like the midfield. I'm so here. The starting 11, Allison, Milner, Ibu, Gomez, Robertson, Keita, Bacetic, Tiago, Harvey, Mo, Gakpo. I was okay with that midfield starting again. You know, I thought they played well. Uh, and I thought they played well. I, I thought they played well in the Wolves game. And I thought they played well in this game. You know, we weren't getting completely overrun in the midfield. Like it wasn't like the Brighton game where our midfield was absolutely invisible opened in it. Up, yeah. Yeah. It was and, opened up. And I was okay. Again, I, I thought Joe Gomez was going to get the start and came out that way. And, you know, he did well enough. Yeah. You he know. had a couple of shaky moments at the start. Uh, yeah. There was the one where I think it was Havertz got a run inside and just made a bad decision. But yeah. overall, I like there's, the things that I like about Gomez, the fact that, you know, when he is a right back, he's well capable of bringing the ball forward and, and relieving the pressure that way. And he's he is still his pace bails him out still. So I, I, I think he had a good game. Ibu was fine, you know, solid yeah. enough. The thing is, for all of the, I mean, the fact that we didn't threaten Aspilaqueta, I don't think Allison had any. He had the one big save that he made. I think it was from a set piece. That was probably Chelsea's biggest strength over us was the our lack of height. 
Um, yeah. We were and, very, very poor defending set pieces. Today. Yeah, very poor. And it's you know you look through this through that starting eleven and right Gakpo's a Gakpo's a big kid. Um, Ibu, yeah, Gomez is decent size. From outside of that, there's not much physicality in that um, in that in that eleven. And Chelsea are really good in the, in the air, especially Thiago Silva. Balashele looks a, a, another one as well off the, off, the, off the mill from France. Another good centre-back. Strong in the air. But Alisson made that really good save. It was at him, but it was coming back, you know, going... going. It was coming back to from the direction that it came at. Yeah. So he, he did well to adjust his feet and got a hand on it and got it safe. But other than that, I can't remember too many times that he was under sheer pressure. No, it's uh, Chelsea seemed to have some issues with their footwear today. There was a lot of slipping going on. On like, both sides. On yeah, both sides. Like, the, the pitch yeah. looks slipping. Havertz got in over the top in the 21st minute and he squared it to Mason Mount in the box and he slipped over and fell. And then they got the ball back again and Mount had it pretty much on the penalty spot and Milner backed off of him and gave him space. And for some reason, Mount tried to set up Lewis Hall out on yeah. the left coming in and he blasted the ball quite wide. But I mean, the first half was I'm pretty dire. I and mean, I take notes. There, there, there's not a lot really to talk about. I mean, the one thing that I had was just the fact that we could not win a first ball off of set plays. Yeah. They were, I mean, that's their, that's one of their serious strengths. Mm -hmm. And it's normally one of our strengths as well, you know, defending that kind of set piece. But at the same time, Swap out Fabinho, swap out, put Darwin in there with Gakpo. You're suddenly a, a side who's, I don't know, you know, on average, a couple of inches taller and stronger and more experienced. And, you know, I think, yeah, you, that's the gamble, I suppose, when you play that kind of uh, 11 that we did. That at set pieces, you could be open to getting hit. And plus, you take Virgil out of there as well. Yeah. It was Virgil, Virgil missing out of the back line. It's it's not so much his physical ability; it's his talking and you know direction of where people should be and what have you. And I think Chelsea started with four centre backs on the pitch. Yeah, you know what I mean. So they're going to have that kind of uh, superiority in the air. Yeah, so I mean, we got to halftime nil nil. Um, I wasn't gonna say what I said at the Brighton game of <laughs> well, we got there nil nil, but it can't get any worse in <coughs> the second half because that really came back to bite me badly against Brighton. But uh, you said this before we came on. You may have said it once we started that we came out of the second half much better. Yeah, like I, that was one of the notes I put down. It's like we're better already, much much better. Uh, we got a corner just wasted. You know, like it was. We've got so little cutting edge up top. And I mean, another game where Mo Salah just, he got the ball a few times in dangerous areas and it seems like he's trying to do too much. He's trying to, you know, pull off another amazing move where he walks around their whole team in the box and it's just not coming off it's for not him clicking. at all. It's not clicking for him at the moment, is it? No. But that, that first 10 minutes of the first half, Chelsea didn't get the ball into our half once for 10 minutes. Yeah, it was it was sustained wave after wave after wave of pressure, and it it was a couple of things that Klopp changed at halftime. The first one, he told the fullbacks to go. The fullbacks, both fullbacks, went. 
and they created overloads wide. The ball went wide and the focus wasn't through the middle. The focus was out wide in making their players, in making their system become a five back, you know, becoming making them become a five three two. And when you do that, the, the spaces in the, on the pitch are different and we compress them in. And for a good 10 minutes, we looked like ourselves. And but it, that's the point where you got to capitalize on it. That's the point where you either got to make Kepa feel nerves and have to make some kind of worldly save, or you go, you got to try and score. Yeah. And it was either the final pass, a bounce of the ball, a bit of luck. It just never kind of went with us. And sometimes when it's when it's when you're in this kind of a, a run, run of games where you can't buy a win, you can't buy a bit of luck either. So. They huffed and puffed, really went for it. Then the changes came for Chelsea. The first change when he brought Hall off for Mudrick. And I thought, okay, let's see what this kid's about. And yep. within within five minutes, you saw what this kid's about. And within about six minutes, Milner was on a yellow card for chopping him down. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, hello, welcome to the Premier League. But this kid, he's rapid. He's got quick feet. He's got good brain. You know, for someone who's probably only had a couple of training sessions. He, he's he's uh he's going to be one to watch over the next few years and well eight and a half years yeah <laughs> yeah well that's a topic for another day but yeah he looked he looked a, he looks a serious player and that's when when they made that change they started to come back in and that first I think that first five minutes of seeing him made us change again because Milner couldn't go forward that much anymore that isolated Sal out in the right. And from then on, it was it became a game of tennis again. It was a case of okay, there's going to be only probably one goal in this. One goal will win it, and who's going to get it? Yeah, it's I don't know. For me, I just it didn't feel like there was a goal coming in that game for us at least. You know, I I've now got confidence in our ability to give a goal away out of absolutely nothing. But my God, it did not seem like we had any like. I was sitting there watching that game up until Darwin came on and I couldn't think of how we were going to create a goal. Yeah. Even, even I suppose when he came on, he did make a difference in the fact I was surprised he went left first and Gakpo stayed central. But to be fair to Gakpo, his hold up play was pretty good and he, his pressing was better. You know, we didn't, it didn't pay off today. But you could see the angles that he was cutting down, and Jorginho didn't get on the ball at all because he was sitting in on Jorginho, forcing Chelsea to go different ways. But it, it's way too early to be judging him. I still think his best position is out on the left, and when everyone's back fit, he'll be watching a lot of games. He'll be yeah. watching a lot of minutes because he's not ahead of Diaz, he's not ahead of Nunes, he's not ahead of Salah. Yeah. He's probably not ahead of Jota, but he's a different option. That's all he. That's what he is at the minute. I mean, he's been forced into this because of the situation the club are in at the minute. That there is nobody else, so it's sink. It's sink or swim. And I don't think he's going to sink, but I don't. I also don't think that we're going to see someone who's flying full of confidence and you know bouncing off off of everything as well. It's going to take time and patience. And in fairness, the way this season is going, it's going to be a lot of this. It's going to be a lot of these type of games. The one thing that we're consistent at is being inconsistent. Yeah. Back-to-back clean sheets are good, but our chance creation over 
probably our chance creation since the World Cup has been poor. We don't we we used to create 25, 30 shots a game on a regular basis. I can't imagine what the stats are at the minute, and I'm guessing it's probably if we had eight, ten efforts on goal, maybe one or two on target today. Nah, maybe it's but, it's hard. But to that, think. that's the kind of trait now. Over the last, the Wolves game was the same. You know, the Wolves game for all of the fact that we won one nil, it really mm-hmm. was dire going forward. You know, at the back we looked in shape, and once we went one up, we were four one four one, and it was like what we have, we hold. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Today was different. You know, he stuck with the 4 3 3. More often than not, Chelsea didn't do too much harm. But how much of that is because they're in the same kind of rut as we are at the minute, struggling for wins? Who knows? But. I think we're got we're in for another we're in for a few months of this. Yeah, I would say everybody needs to buckle up and uh, get used to this sort of result and performance coming from us. So we're getting a few uh, of the post match comments from Klopp coming in. Paul Giovanni sharing these. Klopp saying we can build on this. I mean, we kind of have to. It's, yeah. We don't have a whole lot of other options. Uh, the two finals last year were different games, but they were hectic in moments as well. Today was ninth versus tenth. We have to build. Got another one here. We won a lot of balls in the first half, but gave them away too quickly. Even Tiago did that, which was unnecessary. Oh, he certainly did. There was one he played that was suicidal. Suicidal pass out from the back. I yeah, just not what you expect. It's he has he has that in him, and he did it in this. He did the exact same pass in the second half, and he lofted it. Yeah, and he made sure he cleared the man. You know, and it is literally almost like a, a brain fart. Yeah. For, and it was a similar kind of brain fart that Allison had the other week. You know, it's like a thousand, nine hundred ninety-nine thousand times out of a million, that doesn't happen. But yeah. it happens when you're in a shit run and you can't score a goal for fun. Yeah, and you it's know? this this quote here from Klopp, I think, is getting what we're talking about: the improvement in the second half. We showed yeah. the boys where Chelsea struggled to defend us in the first half. We just couldn't quite capitalize in the second half. And yeah, that seems about right because they did look a little more in control of the game. Uh, the press from the front, I thought, was good for that first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. But yeah. just no, no cutting edge whatsoever. Uh, somebody here had shared our uh, Jonathan with 1.4 XG. I don't know from where. I think the Gakpo chance would have been a high scoring XG one because, you know, the one where he turns uh, turns on his right foot and it's a snapshot with his left. Yeah, because he was so close. And in that area of the pitch. You're expected to get it on target, and you know he got it on target, kept and made a routine save. But- yeah, I'd, I'd say probably our best chance was in the fifth minute after the let off from uh, the offside goal from the corner, which I mean we haven't even really touched upon. But I mean nah, he was, was offside. Was offside. No point. You know he was offside. There's nothing yeah. you can do about that. But you know I think we all collectively lost our fucking marbles there for you know uh, twenty or thirty <laughs> seconds until you saw the first replay. 
Uh, but in the fifth minute, uh, Bacetic played a nice ball over the top to Salah, who ran onto it down the channel, and he just held the ball up enough and waited for Gakpo to get into the box and laid it off nicely to him, and he blasted the ball well over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was... two of them in the first half. Uh, yeah, the first one he should have got it on target. The second one he was always leaning back. The same with Trent. Trent, had, Trent had one when he came on in the second half. Yeah, and uh, if he could get his knee over the ball or take a it, touch, he'd have buried it. You know, he would have buried it. But he was always leaning back. It was like the ball came to him and he was half leaning back already. Yeah. It, it, it's just one of those. But that was another chance that came from the fact that Darwin Nunes is so He's on quick. the pitch. He's yeah. so quick because that ball's going out. Yeah, I mean, pretty much any other one of our players trying to chase that ball down and it's going out for a goal kick. But he manages to get there, get his foot around the ball and puts it back into a very dangerous area. And yeah, yeah. Trent just kind of snatched at I think it. I think the best bit of play in the whole game, and it didn't come from us at all, came from Chelsea. It was Darwin was one-on-one with Thiago Silva, and Thiago showed him out wide, and he just cut off the line and said, go on, have a go on your left foot. You, I mean, look, I know it's a Liverpool podcast, I know it's a post-match, but he's so fucking good. He is such a good centre back. I didn't when they signed him. I thought they're signing this guy. He's in for a payday and what have you. You know, he's been around the houses for years and years and years. He's coming to Chelsea for a retirement package. Yep. What a player! Yeah. You know, it's just his positional sense and his awareness, his spatial awareness, and his leader, his leading ability, is second to none. And I mean second to none. Yeah. You know, and then you bring on Aspilicueta at the end to shore it up. Uh, 500 games for Chelsea. And the thing is, Chelsea, in, through the entirety of that second half, were cl- doing a, what Newcastle did, ticking the clock down, yeah, you know, time, waste. time wasting left, right, and centre. The referee had to have added, should have added on seven, eight minutes, didn't. So sides will continue to still do it. But I think the reason why Chelsea did it was to build on, you know, to try and frustrate, yeah. you know, make us. Make us make a rash decision somewhere, and they had the pace to hurt us. So for them, Zayic was really good. Zayic came into the game in the second half when Robertson was given more of a license to go forward. But in general, I thought Robertson had a decent enough game without having the the end quality with his passing. But he's not alone in that. You know, I take. I mean, nil nil against Chelsea in the vast majority of seasons, you you take. You know, because. These games throughout the years are always tight, tense, dour affairs. They're never free-flowing games. They're never end-to-end. They're always a horrible watch, and they're usually really tense. And our record against them is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but you're going to get games where they just, we just get a draw. you know. And the back-to-back clean sheets, as Klopp put it, said in his post-match, is something to build on. It's something to gain confidence from. The fact that they did have a lot of quality on the pitch and they didn't, they only really troubled Allison the once. Yep. You know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure there was a fair number of Liverpool fans that when Trent came onto the pitch or, you know, once Mudrick came onto the pitch, whether it was Milner or Trent playing right back, that were, you know, fearing the absolute worst because, you know, 
Milner doesn't have the pace and all they talk about with Mudrick is he's just got absolute express pace and yeah. you know apparently Trent can't defend but I thought he did well again I mean he's one yeah, of the did. few players since the World Cup break that's actually come back and shown an improvement in his form yeah. so and the the worry well it's not worry really but nobody knew about this knock to him you know nobody yeah. even bothered to think to ask you know why was Trent we all assumed that Trent was just rested against Wolves given the night off but he's been managing a growing problem for a while by the looks of it. And to be able to come into a game with a forward basically given free license and be, and almost turn around to Ibu and say, look, I trust you and your pace to be able to match him. I'm going forward. Yep. You know, and that's what happened. That's what that's what he did. It didn't work out today, but Ibu matched um Mudrick for pace, you know, a fresh Mudridge against a tight uh an Ibu who'd been on the pitch for a good while and Ibu matched him no problem. So yeah, I thought he did pretty well overall. Um but you're you're really grasping at straws for something to lift you out of game where you don't get three points. But at the same time, a week ago we were absolutely torn apart. I mean, limb from limb, three nil. Could have been six, and there, whether it's baby steps, small steps, whatever. Today was a marked improvement on that, and that's where that's what you have to do. You know that midfield three that started today. If you'd have said that midfield is starting against Chelsea three months ago, you'd have had a shit fit because the midfield has totally collapsed or they're all out injured. You know so. Yeah, it was somebody in the Telegram right after the game said, you know, we lost control of midfield when Naby went off. And I said, boy, there's not many statements that you would have made at the start of the season that people wouldn't have yeah. believed was true. <laughs> and that just, I mean, I, I would I like to change, changes, changes in games, you know, as, as the game evolves, the, cha the changes that Chelsea made affected the games as much as the, the changes that we made. Yeah. You know, the, we come out of the second half with a different mindset. And different ways to target Chelsea. Chelsea adjusted to that with their changes. Then we, you know, they made changes. We made changes. It became a an in-to-win game for the last ten minutes. Who was going to make him? Who was going to make him make the mistake? And both sides had half chances, but nobody on either side were clinical enough. That and that's what it comes down to is just being clinical. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... Both of these teams are in a bit of a state right now. And I mean, uh, they're going about it in polar opposite ways of, you know, Chelsea have six new players in this window. It's the fifth game in a row that they've given a debut to a new player. And we seem to be standing pat with exactly what we have, uh, except for Gakpo coming in through the door. And neither of these teams look like they're going to be rocketing up the table anytime soon. No, I think they're both... both... It, to me, it looks like both clubs have decided, have almost gotten to the to the conclusion that look, this season is what it is. If we will see where the cups take us, but neither club are getting into the top four. Yeah. So it's okay. Okay, we'll see what Harvey can do. We'll see what Stefan can do over the next three months, and we'll evolve their games next year. They will be that more experienced, that bit better stronger for it it might just be a case of biting the bullet for some cream down the line i don't know what else you can do with the league position and the points total that we have 
what are you supposed to do with the next with this half of the season? Yeah, you go and try and win every game. Of course you do. That goes yeah. without saying. But at the same time, if you're going to mix and match players and try different things, it's not going to work. We're not going to be consistent. So we are where we are with that one, I'm afraid. Yeah, if if uh, if English football had the draft pick system that they have in North American <laughs> sports, you'd be seeing people calling for a tank season to try to get a first overall draft pick or something like that. Yeah. But um, let's talk about Bacetic for a second because, you know, that was the big call coming into the game was whether or not he was going to get the start. How do you think he did? I think overall he did fine. There was, he had a couple of shaky moments like you'd expect from any player in that position where the midfield was a bit chaotic at times. Overall, I thought he was quite good. I think he got a bit... He's, he, I don't think his body got tired. I think he got mentally tired uh, with his decision-making towards the before just before he got changed. But overall, yeah, it, a lot to like about his game. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, he's got that nipping into the tackle thing that Fabinho had when he was at yeah. his peak of his powers, where he just seems to be able to stretch his leg around a, a opponent's body and just get a foot on the ball and cut it out and... Like he's he's really switched on from you know ball goes out for a header and you know other pe- other players are standing there trying to argue that it's for us but he's already dropping back and picking up a man and his head's on a swivel and everything like that so it's I thought it was in terms of a Premier League debut for 18 year old I thought it was pretty good and I mean same could be said for uh, Lewis Hall for Chelsea you know yeah uh, yeah he's another good prospect yeah young kid playing yeah. you know in in one of the six positions that's a tough position for a young kid to play and i thought he was uh quite well yeah, as well considering he's been playing the last i think he's this is his third or fourth game in a row he's been playing fourth. at wing back yeah and in fairness stefan came in and he didn't crap up cramp up which is good mm-hmm. as um was it said it in the chat there a second ago laszlo yeah laszlo said yeah he didn't cramp. that was my biggest fear for him the fact that he cramped up against Wolves, and would he be able to be fit and to go again? And he was, you know. He's, and it was a big stage, you know. It, it is a big stage against Chelsea, and it is a bit, you know, your home debut, not surrounded by players that would be in any way near confident. But he always looked assured. He always wanted the ball. Yeah, it didn't work out from time to time, but that's just the nature of the beast. Plus, it's one of those positions on the pitch that doesn't get moments to to shine you know you you're not really gonna have a standout moment coming from your number six you just you almost want the game go and win a game and not noticing too much exactly if you, as long as you're not noticing it too much and you go and get a clean sheet and you get a, a, a one nil or two nil and he, you don't notice him too much he's done his job absolutely brilliantly you know the fact that we got a clean sheet is good for him you know it, it'll it'll stand him in good stead down the line I'm liking this new uh, Jonathan we're getting here with a lot more positivity. If you look at it this way, in the last six halves of football, we've only conceded in one half. So yeah, I mean, there you go silver lining. <laughs> I mean, it's, gotta, all- it's it's going to be small. It is going to be small nuggets like this until we get back into until we get our our senior forwards back. Until we the one thing that Darwin offers you when he came back on the pit is that threat to go in behind. Yeah, that threat to make the pitch bigger. You know, just by having him there makes the pitch bigger. And that changes the game. That gives more space to the midfield to work in. When, I mean, Cody Gakpo for, and I think he's a talented footballer, he's not blessed with pace. So no, Chelsea can condense the space. And that gives nobody time. Just physically by having Darwin there creates options. 
The more players like the more you can get him back, bring Bobby Firmino back in, Jota, the more you can bring these players back in, we will be better for it. Yeah. But now it's just okay, just get through it, you know, take points where you can get them. And we got a point against yeah. Chelsea at home, nil nil, clean sheet. After last week, you take it. Yeah, it's I this was a game to me that screamed out for Bobby Firmino. It felt like he would have been really handy. You know, a front line of Nunez, Firmino, and Salah would have been a much different proposition. Oh, God, but yeah. If some buds of candies and if... nuts, you know? <laughs> True, true. Uh, <clears throat> it's a little question here. LFC Aaron, what'd you make of the Chelsea fans today? Terrible. George Sefton had to come on the tannoy to tell him to stop. I mean, it's, it's getting to be a broken record with the behavior from some of these fans. Like it's at some point, the FA and the premier league have to start clamping down on these, like the technology is there to identify people and get yeah. them banned from stadiums. It's just ridiculous. I think the tannoy system, the tannoy call went out for something that wasn't audible to the TV and it was a chant that I hope would have been eradicated from and from football yeah, and it was directed at Chelsea and you'd hope to not see that anymore towards the you could tell the fans were antagonized I mean it's become a new fad now for away fans to come and sing the British National Anthem at Anfield because they know it winds people up mm. that's that's the nature of the beast that's banter when it crosses the line is when it becomes chance about poverty and when it becomes chance uh, about homophobia from either side. And it's not right. You don't want to see it. And I thought the atmosphere in general today was really, really good for a 12.30 kickoff. When the fans, when the, the players gave the fans something to shout about, they did. Yeah. You need to see that more. The, the place was electric for that 10 minutes. Of the second half, 10 15 minutes of the second half, it was electric. You know, you just need to see more of that, and the players will feed off that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of the thing you do, man of the match. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For us, um, well, I think Allison for the save um, kept us kept us in it, kept a clean sheet. His distribution was good um, after what was a, he's been having a bit of a shaky time of it. You could argue for a few others. I'd give it to Allison just yeah. on the strength of that. I mean, at the end of the day, that's as a, an important that's as important as Allison as a tap in is for a number nine. Yeah, that's you know? true. So, I'd yeah. I think it's pretty hard sledding to try to pick a man of the match for us today. Um, maybe Tiago. <clears throat> yeah, I thought he's passing. I mean, bar that one brain I, fart in the first half, his progressive passing was really good. I'd say Kanate actually. Yeah, I thought Kanate did well. You know, kind of kind of took Havertz out of the game in the first half. They didn't really have a whole lot of build up or anything like that. I mean, Havertz has had a pretty quiet game, with yeah. the exception of the chalked off goal for being offside uh i think overall man of the match has got to be tiago silva though i overall I, man of the match 100 
I agreed with you completely. I thought he was just absolutely fantastic. So, but the one um, thing that I'll say about the offside goal, you watch that and you see why you don't have a man on the line. That's why, you know, Tiago should have scored that. And uh, it came off the post. Havertz was offside, but the reason why Havertz is offside is because we didn't have a man on the line. Yep. If you had a man on the line and he was trying to rush out, he'd have been onside. You know, it's it's the gamble you take, but at the same time. They won the header too. They won the ball, the first ball too easily, and once it comes off the post, it's a ricochet. Anything could have happened. That yeah. could have bounced off anyone and gone in. It just happened. It fell. It fell for Havertz, and he was off. Yeah, there break. was a reason why you don't keep the man on the line. Exactly, exactly. So there is. Uh, I was looking at the games that are coming up here in the three o'clock slot, and anything ooh. much happening. Uh, I'm not sure what the scores are. I got my phone on the old airplane mode, but I mean, it, that's those are some pretty poor, poor games. Eh? Who do we got? We got Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, Leicester, Brighton, Southampton, Villa, West Ham, Everton. And that's, oh, there's my bunny. That's yeah, the one. Oh, Danny Ings hat trick incoming. I hope he got a start. I hope he get he plays today. I don't know if he started or not. I have no clue. No idea what's going on with this. No, Danny Ings is on the bench. That much I bench. did. That much I did see. Sure. I did see is that Ings is on the bench. So, but yeah, that's that's a big game for the old Ev down at the bottom yeah. of the table there. Well, and Paul Paul Giovanni's all three games, all games so far, no no. Yeah. So hopefully there's some goals in the games today. Cause I mean, even Crystal Palace Newcastle doesn't scream like it's gonna have a ton of goals in it either. So could be a pretty uh pretty goalless day of Premier League action today. Uh, Actually, one, one quick one there, Brian Brian O'Halloran. Uh, I heard Fab had a terrible cameo in the last ten minutes. He only played one game in the World Cup. His legs have gone. What did you make of Fabinho when he came on? It wasn't great. It's nope. I I don't think he was horrible. You know, it's it wasn't the horrific or Fabinho performances yeah. that we've been seeing this season. He had a couple of times where he got in and kind of nipped the ball away. We we seemed to be pressing rather high by the time he came on. You know, we're moving forward with like all six players trying to pin them into their end, and it yeah. didn't exactly work. But yeah, it's there's definitely something wrong with Fabinho. And I mean, I personally think it's purely down to confidence, um, either not trusting himself or whatever. I. I don't know. Um, there was a couple of tackles, 50-50s that he went in for, and he didn't he didn't come out in the end of it. Yeah, the one snap he had the, he had a shot at the end of the game, and he had the chance of a shot at the end of the game. But other than that, he didn't do too much either way. You know, was, he was in the right places for a lot of it. It just when he went into tackles, didn't come out with the ball. Yeah. Uh, just before we get out of here, a few more uh, quotes from Klopp. Two teams who tried really hard to cause problems. We started really well. We started really good into the second half, but we have to extend those spells. The defending was really good. It's a nil all. It's a clean sheet. We're not even close to dreamland. We have to work really hard. And that is what the boys did today. Yeah, dreamland. Uh, I missed eight league games in 22 years. It's gone really quickly. I'm very lucky I never got the sack and was pretty much always in charge. It's special. And I feel really honored because, of course, today was Klopp's 1,000th game as a manager which yeah you know amazing milestone for him not a lot of managers get the uh opportunity to be in charge for a thousand games so yeah the fact that he's only he's done that at three clubs yeah. speaks volumes i mean mines player manager 
Um, Dortmund Legend. absolutely adored. Yep. You know, um, the quotes from the Dortmund CEO at the time. If he knew then what he knew, knows now, he'd have sacked the team before letting Klopp go. Yep. And unfortunately for Dortmund, when you're always consistently being robbed by your your rival and then told to go and compete against that rival, yeah. you know, that has a shelf life. You know, I mean, he came to Liverpool. You look at he's played more games for anyone else. He's one win shy of 250, which will make him the fastest manager to ever get there. Um, he's taken us to either very deep or European finals in almost every year he's been at the club. Yep. You know, if he didn't get us to a European final, we've gone deep into it. And we've been competitive in what most of the league campaigns that we've been we've been involved under him, bar the first one and this one. <laughs> yeah, four out of six. Yeah, we've been competitive in all of them. And the ones that we haven't been, we were either building or in the middle of building. Yeah. It's when he's got all the tools that he needs, he's there's no better buku like there's no better bike to do what he, what needs to be done. But you have to give him the tools to do to do the job. And this summer is going to determine what shape the club takes in the next three or four years. Yep, it's a big, big summer. I mean, there's still <clears throat> what ten days left in this window. So I mean, it would be lovely to see. It will be miraculous. It will yes. be miraculous. Yeah. So yeah, Klopp again. Myself and Sir Alex Ferguson never played against each other. We would have had so many arguments. He really respects what we are doing, and I respect what he did. Uh, it's nice when people say things like he said, of course, because, yeah, Ferguson put out a pretty classy message before the game, welcoming uh, Klopp to the thousand league or thousand game club for league managers. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Look, Ferguson is one of the best ever to do it. You know, the fact that, I mean, the one thing I think Klopp could learn from Sir Alex is Ferguson was very good at changing the voices that the players hear. He went through an assistant manager usually every three or four years. With every re- with every recycling of players, he went through an assistant manager. He, ah. changed the vo- he changed the voices of the players here. He was in the background literally orchestrating everything, but he changed. You can't go into the same training sessions, hearing the same voice, say the same thing year after year after year after year. You have to change it up. Every three or four years, you have to change the voice and the, what the players who've been there a long time are doing. It's probably the mo- the one flaw the Jurgen Klopp has is keeping the core of his staff together for so long. I think it would do the world of good. And I, look, Pep Linders, for all of the, for, yeah, Pep Linders, for all of the stick that he gets over the book and that, we, he's done pretty well as an assistant manager for us for the last few years. Drop off this year, fine. But in general, he's been pretty good. But it would do, I I think it would do Klopp and I think it would do the club and the players no harm to maybe look at that position in the summer as well as bringing in new players is to maybe look at bringing in or promoting an assistant manager to change certain things that the, the players are hearing on a daily basis, especially the ones who've been there for a really long time. I'm Steven Gerrard is available. 
I did kind of say, suggest that to Chris while he's on his way back from his uh, flight to Dortmund with Jude Bellingham in his pocket. Uh, maybe knock on the door and say, "Here, look what look what I brought you." Yeah. Well, here's another no, show, Jonathan. Jonathan. We can bring we can bring Buvac back. Why? Why <laughs> we won't fuck all with him? Why? Why the fuck are we doing? Why would we do that now? I love it. I mean, every see this is the thing. It happens a lot, a lot, an awful lot with players as well. Players who don't play for a long time are suddenly really good players when they're not when they're out of sight and out of mind for a while. Buvac, for all of this association he's got with Klopp. I think he was largely responsible for the helter-skelter football that we were playing at times. It's no coincidence that when he left, we started getting, and when Coutinho left, we started gaining more control and more possession-based control in games. But I thought Boobrack was framed behind the whole thing. (coughs) Yeah, a phrase, a throwaway phrase that Klopp used in a press conference once, and the guy's been robbing and living off it for the for the next however many years. Well, he's he's at he's at Dinamo Zagreb or something right now. So oh, he's we, in Moscow, or he's he's in he was in Moscow, I think. Yeah, he's at he's, he's at one, one of the, of the Dinamos. Players. I know because it was a quiz question I made up a couple of quizzes ago of like where the hell is Zoko Buvac these days? And it's like, yeah, well, last I last I heard, I don't know if it was Lokomotiv Moscow or. One of those uh, clubs in Russia, as far as I know. He's, a director of, he's a director of football there, as far as I know. Almost certain it's a Dinamo something or other, because those are all be. my answers that I had was Dinamo this, Dinamo <laughs> this, Dinamo this, Dinamo this. Uh, um, we're going to let these people go and enjoy the rest of their Saturday afternoons. Yeah, uh, let's all go watch these banging three o'clock games and see if mm-hmm. West Ham can get something over the line against the Ev at yeah. home. So, Any um, NFL action this week? This yeah, I think we got a couple games today and a couple games tomorrow. So who's the let's see here? Yeah, we got the Jaguars and the Chiefs at 9:30, your guys' time this evening. And then uh Gav Doyle's New York football giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. And that kickoff is at uh 1.15 in the morning for you guys. So yeah, I'll be I do you know what? I don't know. I'm gonna watch this the Eubanks Paul Smith fight. And if I'm awake long enough, I might watch the UFC. Yeah. Uh, look, I I haven't watched. It. I I got to get back into it. Otherwise, me and Luke have absolutely nothing to talk about other than Liverpool. So we need a distraction. <laughs> yeah, you might need the distraction at the current rate that we're going at. So. Yeah, it's, uh, thanks everybody for joining us on Full Time Reds. Uh, please hit the like button for us. It helps to show out and algorithms and all that jibber jabber YouTube sort of stuff. You know, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. You'll never miss a show. Follow the guys on uh, the social medias and whatnot. Bookmakers.com sponsoring the show. Head on over to them if you guys like to have a little punt on uh, some of the games that are going on. Probably get some good odds on the Jaguars to beat the Chiefs, I would say, today because that's not going to happen. Uh, and of course our charity sponsor, uh, our, our charity partner that we've worked with for this year so far, you'll find the uh, link in the description to the GoFundMe 12 ladies from a uh, GAA club in Dublin going to be running the Dublin marathon, raising money for breast cancer research. It's a cause we can all get behind. So if you can spare a few shekels, head on over to the GoFundMe, donate every little bit counts, uh, share it along to your friends and family. Everybody will have at least a distant connection to the awful disease that is breast cancer. So it shouldn't be too hard for us to hit our uh, fundraising target and help these ladies get on the way and run 26 miles, which is madness. madness. Yeah. 
Anything <laughs> else before we get out of here, Kev? No, all good. I'm sure tomorrow night the guys will dissect all of this and go through it step by step. When you know, it's one thing when you watch a game, when you watch it back a second time, and ideally without the commentary, you'll see a different game. But yeah, look, this has been a good therapy session, I think. And we're oh, when do we play next? Next weekend. Is it next weekend? We got a week off now to Brighton. Yeah, let's just see here. Brighton in the cup next week. Liverpool schedule shows us at yeah next Sunday at one thirty p.m. kickoff against Brighton in the cup. So. Ah. Well, between now and then, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a shed load of shows on during the week. So, yep, yep. The content never stops coming from the never LSD stops. day trippers, and the best part is, is it's all free for you guys. All we ask is that if you can donate to our charity partner, donate to our charity partner, and hit that little thumbs up button on there. Give us five star reviews on your podcast and platforms, and all that goody goodness. So, all right, that's another full time Reds. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. Certainly wasn't as good as we had all hoped for. See you guys next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.